All right, let's go ahead and go to Romans chapter 12. And uh, we're going to start in verse 9 tonight. We're going to get us some good practical things, uh, life lessons, Christian principles and lessons from Apostle Paul. Um, <clears throat> while you're turning over there, I saw something kind of neat here. It says, some people never seem motivated to participate but are just content to watch while others do the work. They're called spectators. We're talking about tater people tonight. Some people never do anything to help but are gifted at finding fault with the way others do the work. They're called commentators. Some people are very bossy and like to tell others what to do, but don't want to soil their own hands. They're called dictators. Some people are always looking to cause problems by asking others to agree with them. It is too hot or too cold, too sour or too sweet. They're called agitators. There are those who say they will help, but somehow just never get around to actually doing the promised help. They're called hesitators. Some people can put up a front and pretend to be someone they are not. They're called imitators. Then there are those who love others and do what they say they will. They're always prepared to stop whatever they're doing and lend a helping hand. They bring a real sunshine into the lives of others. and They're called sweet taters. Yeah. All right, Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Surely you've had enough time to find it by now. If not, we've got it on the screen for you. Let love be without hypocrisy. Or the Amplified, as well as some other versions, say, let love be sincere. The King James says, love, love be without dissimulation. But it says, let it be sincere, without hypocrisy. Our English word sincere comes from the Latin word sincerus, which means without wax. In, the, uh, in ancient Rome, these uh, Roman merchants, they would set their earthen and porcelain pots out for sale. And if they had cracks in those pots, well, then they would cleverly fill those cracks with wax the same color as the pot. But an astute buyer of these products would take that pot and set it in the sun to see if there was wax in the cracks or not. And eventually, the wax would soften or begin to melt from the heat of the sun, then they would know. This is, let love be sincere, without wax, without imitation, without hypocrisy. And I think it's interesting, too, that right after he says, let love be without hypocrisy, he says, abhor. The word abhor means to utterly detest or to hate. Think about that. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate. Hate or abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. The word cling, I love the, the, the word cling in the Greek. It means to glue yourself to it. To be glued to, to stick to. To cling to what is good. So right after he instructs us about what sincere love is. It's about hating evil and clinging to what is good. You know, Jesus coming to us was God's expression of his love for us, wasn't it? God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. And then John later tells us that Jesus came, he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So the expression of love 
for God to the world was Jesus hating evil, coming to destroy the works of the devil. He, he showed us sincere love by hating evil and doing good. Acts even says in chapter 10, verse 38, that, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He went about unraveling the works of the devil. See, that's why, ladies and gentlemen, we lay hands on the sick, because we believe that sickness is an oppression of the devil. It is a work yeah. of the devil. Yeah. Disease is of the devil. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Destruction. These things are all of the devil, all part of his plan to steal, yeah. to kill, and to destroy. And so we don't believe for one second, and nor do we ever declare that God is behind sickness or disease. Jesus never taught that. He only healed. Can I get a real good amen right there? He only healed. So listen to me. If we don't hate evil and cling to good, then we cannot express love without hypocrisy. Sincere love draws a clear line between what is evil and what is good. Yeah. That's why moms and dads, you need to teach your children absolutes. You show them love, yeah. all right, Amen. by discipline and by love, yeah. by affection and by discipline. You draw the line. You show sincere love yeah. by teaching them what is evil and what is good. Are you hearing me Amen. today? All right. So verse 10, be kindly affectionate. Sounds like a redundant statement, doesn't it? Kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. I love this. Practice outdoing one another with kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. If you're going to compete in something, yeah. compete in kindness. Yeah. Uh -huh. hmm? Amen. Who'll pick up the check quicker at the restaurant? I didn't get very good amens on that one. but <laughs> Beat each other to the punch when it comes to preferring one another and honoring one another. Be kindly affectionate yeah. one to another. And Paul Amen. is specifically speaking how we deal with one another in the body of Christ. Yeah. Right? Remember right before this, he talks about the gifts of the Father and each one has been given a gift according to the proportion of their, let us use that gift according to the proportion of our faith and let us not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, right? Yeah. Understand that God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Whatever yeah. he has dealt, it is equal in importance amongst all of us. So all of us have yeah. a function, all of us have a gift to be expressed in the body of Christ. And it all is of equal value because it is all a gift of the Father. Yeah. All right? Amen. Its function is different. It might look different. It might sound different. But it doesn't mean it's less valuable or more valuable. Can I get a good amen? Amen. All right, not lagging, verse 11, not lagging in diligence. That just means don't be lazy, don't give up, don't grow cold, fervent in spirit. The word fervent here means uh, boiling with heat. That's great. Living life, I preached a message years ago called living life at the boiling point. Fervent heat, fervent in spirit, hot. That's what it means to get on fire for God. Right? Yeah. To get hot and to stay hot. And, and then he says, serving the Lord. So this is how you keep the fire up in your life. Yeah. Serving the Lord. All right? Yeah. You fuel that fire by serving the Lord. How do you serve the Lord? Well, there's lots of ways to serve the Lord. 
You know, serving the house. There's lots of ways to serve the Lord by serving one another, by serving yeah. the church, uh, through through our worship to him as we did tonight, by, by giving right. as well, and through evangelism, de declaring the good news wherever yeah. we go, because God has put us in a sphere of people that he means for us to minister to those people. Yeah. All right? Amen. Amen. If you'll just take on that kind of smoky, the bear kind of mentality, only I can prevent people from going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's on me. Yeah. And then doing, doing your job, whatever your, your occupation is, Paul says, do it not as unto men, but as unto the Lord, knowing that you serve the Lord. Amen? Verse 12, rejoicing in hope. I love the, this whole next verse. Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Yeah. Rejoicing in yeah. hope. This, this is better than just plastering on a smile and gritting through it, all right? It's better than that, and, or just dealing and coping with what life hands you. Rejoicing in hope, well, it's kind of like celebrating early before you actually get to the party. Hmm? Amen. The Scripture says in, in, in Hebrews 12 that Jesus, that we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. See, this is, this is what Jesus set his focus on. He did not set his focus on the death of the cross. He knew that was going to happen. He set his focus on the joy that it would produce. Amen. And the joy of him is you. Yeah. redeemed from your sins, declared righteous in the sight of yeah. God, holy and blameless. Yeah. Amen. So rejoicing in hope, who for the joy that was set before him? Joy is the key. You know, write this down. Joy is the key to patience. Rejoicing in hope, patient in yeah. tribulation. Let me tell you what patience is. Patience isn't this when is this ever going to be done? <laughs> Lord's teaching me the patience of Job. <laughs> right? Anytime we talk about patience, it's hardly ever a, it's hardly ever a positive thing, right? We don't like to talk about patience. But patience is a virtue. Patience is really the lack of concern with the length of the trial. It's a constant state of confident rest in God. Knowing that he's true to his promise. Patience causes you to just chill. I'm waiting. Because I know God is faithful. So I got all the time in the world because his word is true. It's that confident rest in Him. Yeah. I think that might have helped somebody just now. Praise. I can remember a few years ago when Heather and I lived down in San Marcos, I was having to make, try to make some extra money, and my brother and I owned a business we never should have owned because we didn't know what we were doing. But we wanted to sell guitars and 
Uh, we had a recording studio, and it was awesome. And we just thought if we just show up, it'll be great. And then realized there was a lot of work to be done in owning a business. But uh, while we were trying, you know, realizing, how many of you business owners here? You know, I was ignorantly expecting a profit the first week. <laughs> right? We just had Laurel. Maddie and Laurel are both in diapers. We have one car, and Heather lives at this apartment with these two children who can't talk yet. And I'm gone all day long, right? Going to a place that ain't making no money. Spending money to not make money. Going in debt and then trying to find jobs on the side. So then, you know, at one time I was working at our music store and then I got off and went and worked at this Conoco gas station until, until the night and by the time I got home, she's ready to have a conversation with someone who can talk back to her. I don't want to have a conversation. I want to go to bed. So this was kind of our reality for a while. That was a test of our love for one another, wasn't it? Her love for me more than mine for her. I mean, it was easy for me to love her, but I don't even know why I'm going to all because I need to actually get to the point of the story. So I got this job selling stuff with this guy. And, and I mean, whatever. I, I didn't know what we were selling. And then he opened up his trunk and showed me. We were selling all kinds of stuff. Kitchen knives, uh, blankets. I, I mean, anything that you could imagine, he just stuffed his trunk and said, let's go. He was all excited about it. And I'm like, okay, well, I've never been good at sales. And uh, so we, we drove out to, uh, where Pastor Roxanne, Marble Falls, out to Marble Falls. And so we're going from business to business, right? And we've got our hands just full of, uh, you know, a variety of things to see if it would pique anybody's interest, you know? We walk into a store, you know, and he says, just, just, just watch me, man, just watch me. I'm like, okay. So I got all the stuff, and he said, hey, we got it. And as soon as he would open his mouth, no, get out. <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you very much. And then he'd go back to the next store. And then, like, it was like one rejection after another, and I realized right then, this is the wrong job for me. We're not going to get anything done. And, but, I, but this guy, his persistence was incredible to me. And finally, after, I don't know, maybe two hours of selling maybe one thing in all of that time, he got into this role, like we ate lunch, and he's like, you ready to hit it again? I'm like, no, this is terrible. I hate being here. I could be at home making this much money. But he started saying this. We'd go to another place, and sure enough, it was back to no. And he would say, well, that's one more no out of the way on the way to a yes. That's one more no out of the way on the way to a yes. And he kept saying that because it was more no's and more no's and more no's. And I worked one day. You know what? So it hasn't, so it hasn't come together yet. Maybe, maybe things haven't turned around yet for you in your situation. But I want to encourage you. It's just another day out of the way to your hope being realized. You have to know and be confident that God is faithful. Say it with me. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. All right. We've got to keep moving. 
Verse 13, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. Now, it talks about, you know, helping one another, but hospitality in the Greek context has to do with, with strangers, people that we don't know. And so this covers both bases, whether in the church or out. But Paul says to do especially good to those who are of the household of faith. My wife, she is, she's automatically hospitable. I mean, to a fault, to a fault where I sometimes don't get to eat my favorite thing to eat because I come home and she's fed it to however many young people that have come over to our house to take advantage of us. And we love it. We wouldn't have it any other way. But I learned so much watching her, and she's just always so giving and wants to just open up our home and give, just give stuff away. And I, I just love that. I really appreciate that about you most of the time. <laughs> Verse 14, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Bless those. You remember when Jesus said that? Pray for those who despitefully use you. Remember that? Bless those who curse you. Bless and do not curse. James said, blessing and cursing, they should not come out of the same mouth, believer. Hmm? These things should not be so. We are blessers, we are not cursers. Because we are blessed of God, therefore we will yes. be a blessing. The greatest example of this is found in the words of our Lord and Savior. As he hung on that cross, mocked, derided, beaten, and crucified, he looked up into heaven and said, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. What did he do? He blessed them right in the middle of their cursing. Yes, amen. He blessed them with forgiveness. He blessed them with an exchange. My life for yes. your life. Praise. Rejoice in hope, verse 15. Rejoice, I'm sorry, with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. In other words, live in the moment with each other. Live in the moment with each other. Somebody's rejoicing, rejoice with them. Don't be stupid yeah. and je be jealous, all right? Don't be envious. Be, be, yeah. be bigger than that. Yeah. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Celebrate with those who, who are increasing in their lives, amen? You, yeah. will, you will only increase that way. And when they're down, yeah. be down with them, amen? amen? When they're weeping, weep with them. This, this, is, this is the strength of the body that we flow together in laughter and in sadness. Verse 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things. Now, the scripture does teach us to set our mind on things above. Not on things above. So what is this talking about? What well, he's about to tell us. But associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. You just said that tonight, didn't you, Derek? Proverbs 3? Oh, in verse 7, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes, right? Right. In other words, don't continually think that you need to be the center of attention. Be willing to grow and to learn from others. Believe that not only that the world revolves around everybody. <laughs> Amen. As much as you have to teach, you also have to learn. Amen. No matter how long you've been doing what you're doing, I've determined I'm, I'm going to keep learning, keep learning, keep learning, keep, because there's so much more. We never arrive at the pinnacle until we see him and we see him as he is. Right? Yeah. Then we will know all things. But until then, we've got a lot of learning to do. 
You know, you can learn from the simplest thing. Learn from children. I've told you this before. This is one of the most astounding things I've ever heard a child say. It was when Casey, when we were having the prophetic conference, and Casey Stone's daughter, uh, Casey and Paris, what's her name? Savannah. Savannah, he was talking about the time she got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. And she, and is she about eight years old now? And because uh, that one night we had like 19 or 20 kids get filled with the Spirit here at the prophetic conference. And he said, well, Savannah didn't, didn't get it here. You know, she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, last year at kids camp. And she looked up, up at me and she said, yeah, now I say what I really want to say. I was like, wow, this kid knows who she is. It's amazing. Now I say what I really want to say. Speaking of the Spirit and by the Spirit. Verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. This is awesome. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Hey, you're not going to win everybody. All right? Jesus, Jesus didn't win everybody. All right? Amen. <laughs> so relax. But as much as depends on you, whatever part you can play in making peace, do that. That's what Paul is saying. All right? You can't totally control the situation. You can't control how another person's going to react and how they're going to be. Amen. You just be who you are. My dad taught yeah. me a life lesson years and years ago, and I have done my best to live by this principle. He said, if the bridge in your relationship is burning, you throw water as far as you can. All right? As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Don't repay evil for evil. There, was a, there were some officers during the Korean War who, who rented a house for themselves, and they hired this uh, Korean houseboy to work for them. And uh, he was a cheerful, kind, and happy guy. And these officers were young, and so they had a lot of fun playing tricks on this, this young boy. Uh, they would nail his shoes to the floor. Uh, they would put water above the doors. So when he pushed it open, the bucket would fall on him. They played all kinds of tricks, but he always took them in such good stride and with good humor that finally they just became ashamed of themselves over the matter. So they called him in one day and they told him, we've been doing all these mean things to you and, and you've taken it so beautifully. We just want to apologize to you and to tell you that we are never going to do those things again. And the young Korean boy said, you mean no more nail shoes to floor? They said, no more. He said, you mean no more water on door? They said, no more. He said, okay then, no more spit in soup. <laughs> Don't repay evil for evil. Live peaceably with all men. Verse 19, we're almost through. Does this bless you tonight? Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And let me say this to you tonight. God's vengeance and our vengeance, I'm going to say, are two, two different things. All right? <laughs> when you think of taking vengeance out on someone, it usually has a, a little taste of violence maybe to it. <laughs> Ill will. Hmm? God's vengeance... God's vengeance looks like something like grace and forgiveness. I'll show him. I'll forgive him of all his sins. I'll just keep being good until it, that's what will lead him to repentance. Take my vengeance out upon them. It's what happened 
It's what happened when Stephen, the first martyr of the church, was being stoned. And he, and he sees this marvelous vision right before he goes to sleep. He sees as the stones are being pelted down upon him, he, sees, he says, Behold, I, look, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And right before that, man, he was giving them a scathing message saying, you stiff-necked and rebellious people, you murdered Jesus. Which of the prophets did your fathers not kill? And they ran at him with, you know, with the stones and started hurling. But when he got his eyes on Jesus, his whole sermon changed. And as he was in his dying breath, he said, Lord, don't lay this charge on them. Don't lay this charge on them. And the scripture says he fell asleep and Acts chapter 8 opens up and says, now Saul. Wow. Wow, that became God's focus. Saul was standing there consenting to Stephen's death. And now God's attention is on Saul because this little deacon prayed for him for vengeance, for forgiveness. So God said, okay. All right. I won't kill Paul. I'll call him. That'll show him. <laughs> Do not avenge yourselves. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Now, that sounds a bit violent, doesn't it? But you have to understand what it's talking about in the context and how back then they carried coals for fire. They carried him in a container um, on their head, especially when they had to go make a fire at their house and say the fire went up because people lived by fire all day long. Heather and I were in Papua New Guinea, and they had to keep a fire going all day long because it's how they prepare their food. It's how they work and because they don't have electricity. And so these guys didn't have that thing, and fire is what was their energy. And, and so if somebody's fire went up, then they might go over to a neighbor's house, and they would give them some coals to put on their head to take back to their house so you see what this is saying? In showing kindness, what you're doing is helping them build a warm fire for their dwelling. That didn't sound like very good vengeance to me. You know, still some of those verses like turn the other cheek. I don't like that verse of scripture. But God is not going to change that scripture, whether Amen. we like it or not. Amen. Right? I'd like to... Give my interpretation of it, right? Someone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. I mean, like his other cheek, right? <laughs> In so doing, you'll keep heap coals of fire on his head. Interesting. I got to give this quote tonight. During the U.S. Uh, Civil War, uh, hatred became entrenched between the North and the South. As, as we all know, the bloody history. In one instance, President Lincoln was criticized for speaking of benevolent treatment to the uh, Southern rebels. And the critic reminded Lincoln that there was a war going on and the Confederates were the enemy and that they should be destroyed. But Lincoln wisely responded, am I not destroying my enemies by making them my friends? That's a good way to look at it. In verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Yes, amen. 
In other words, good is more powerful than evil. Good stands alone. Good doesn't need evil to exist. Evil needs good to exist. So if you'll overcome evil, you'll do it by doing good. Not by wishing evil would just go away. As Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Father, I thank you for my wonderful family here tonight. We thank you for the, the practical teaching that has come to us tonight through your word, Lord, that we're reminded, Lord, that we are not our own. We are bought with a price, the very blood of Jesus. And these bodies are temples, temples that house the very Holy Spirit of God. We thank you, Lord. I pray, God, that that we would continually live with this mentality, Christ in me, staying aware as the scripture says, awakening to righteousness. Hallelujah, Lord, that we would ever be mindful, Lord, that we are on display for this world. We are lights. We are a letter to be read, an epistle of Christ. Father God, I thank you that you help your people, Lord, to be overcomers, Lord, in every area of their lives. And we know that we overcome by faith. It is the victory that has overcome the world. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon all these here tonight. I declare tonight peaceful sleep for them. They will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make them dwell in safety. I thank you that you will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because they trust in you. All of their children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. Your people, Lord, are blessed in their coming in, blessed in their going out. Everywhere they go, they're blessed and everything their hands touch shall prosper. You have made them the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, first, not last. Victors, no longer victims. And we thank you now that you cause the mountains and the hills to break forth with singing. And the trees of the field, they clap their hands as we go out of here with the joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.